Welcome in, folks. I'm Tyler Pyburn from Five Tool Productions. Uh, most of us know us as frickin' frack, basically, but no. I'm Tyler here with Phil DiMartino, my partner here at Five Tool. You've hosted an event. Now what? That is the main question. Why are we talking about this, Phil? We're seeing a lot of people now as we're getting back to in-person events um, and plenty of virtual events still, people putting a lot of work into events um, and then put it on a great event. It goes well. And then maybe not necessarily knowing exactly what to do once that event date passes by in terms of making sure there's ways to engage with your attendees and taking that event and making it live on. So it's common feedback we've heard from a lot of people that we work with. And uh, you know I think luckily there's a lot of people doing a really good job with this too. So trying to help people out as they get back to hosting a lot more great events in terms of making sure that it lives on and looks great and does work for you after the, the event The thing date. you just said there is the, the piece that we hear so often is, can I make my event live on? And when yeah. we say that, kind of breaking that down one step further is, say your event is a one-day event, or it's an afternoon event, or a two-day, or a weekend, or even a full-long week conference that you have going on. How do you have content that leads up to the event that is, people are going to want to consume it? And then after the event itself, how do I have people staying engaged? So that, you know, I read a great article the other day about the NAB show, which mm -hmm. is the National Association of Broadcasters. And they said the reason that they would go to the event in so many years, many moons ago, was because of all the major announcements that were happening right. on location. That doesn't necessarily happen anymore. Obviously, with Twitter, with influencers, and the way people can just kind of post their own content out there and break news mm -hmm. all the time. So th this was a, uh, a writer that wrote for... Uh, I read this too, actually. I think it was yeah. on Premium Beat. Yeah, I read it too. And he said, you know, it's just not the same for what's me to go. Now, right? Yeah, what's the reason for yeah. me to go on site? Yeah. Well, if that's the case, how do you have people still talking about the NAB show or your event after the fact? So that's kind of what our goal is to, to, to break that down. So small or large, here are some things that you can do to go ahead and keep people talking about your event and yeah. keep them engaged. You brought up two things there. You brought up leading up to the event. We could do a whole other show on that. Maybe we will at some point. Probably. We're doing it backwards, right? We're doing, we're doing, it, backwards. We're doing it about the event, <laughs> then post-event, now well, we'll go back to the event. And in some ways, this is the easier conversation, right? Because your event is this great meeting of the minds. It's this yep. great opportunity where tons of stuff is already happening. So when we look at a lot of this stuff, some of these tips are almost going to be common sense, where it's, this stuff is happening, let's find a way to use it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to create anything from scratch. There's a lot of 80% of the work is already done. You've just got to think of creative ways to, to make it work for you. Well, we always say this. We talk with a lot of nonprofits and organizations. We say, well, you're content heavy. Just tell your story. Just And this is from a storytelling standpoint. Mm -hmm. Events are insanely content heavy. Yeah. It's all content dependent and content driven. And guess what? Your thought leaders are there as well. So you've hosted an event. Now what? Well, first off, I want to tell you congratulations. Golf clap. Take a bow. Events, <laughs> we know. <laughs> Ton of work. Celebrate the accomplishments. However... Time to get to work, Yeah. right? That's the big thing that we want to make sure that everybody knows that it doesn't end. Yes, take a breather, but go ahead and we've got to get, and get to it now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is, it is a good point. This isn't to minimize how much work you've put into it. This is to acknowledge how much work you've put into it and to say, don't let it end here today, mm -hmm. right? Everyone who's ever worked on an event, you know that feeling the day after the event. You just are, you're dead tired. You just want to sit down. Your feet hurt. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> your even when it's a virtual event, your feet hurt. Nobody yeah. knows why, but it happens. you're running up and down the hallway <laughs> pacing, getting ready for it, right? But it, it's, everybody knows that feeling. It's done. You're like, I just want to sit down and do nothing for a couple of days. That's a totally valid way to feel. However, you've just worked so hard for weeks, months, a year leading up to this event. Do not let it go to waste. Make mm -hmm. sure 
that, that you take that hard work and make it continue to work for you and, and don't let it go to waste. So the general premise that you're going to be seeing with this the entire time is really one event equals multiple pieces of content. If you've ever heard us speak before, if you've come to a demo before, if you've been on a webinar with us before, You've seen this slide. <laughs> Slightly different because we always talk about it in terms of going out on location, doing a shoot, and making multiple forms of content, but your event is no different. Your event is a shoot at the end of yep. the day. And turn that into many short form videos, graphics, blog posts, and a lot of stuff needs to come out of it, not just the event is over, it's on demand, right? Right, and this is even, we talk about this This is the same thing with the shoot, this is even more true with an yeah. event because you're- It's easier to accomplish it. It's easier to accomplish it. And there's already so much you're doing to plan out content tracks and talks and breakout sessions and what are we gonna talk about? What is everybody gonna hear about? So when you actually think about this, there is so much to start from. The opportunities are, are really there and it's just about grabbing them and running with them. So with that, what we want to do now is kind of dive into some of the, the different types of things that we have requests for and, you know, what can we do that, but also in addition to. So what is one of the most commonly requested things for us to do out of an event, Phil? 100% one of the most commonly requested things that we see from event coverage is creating a highlight reel. And that is a totally valid thing and you 100% should create a <laughs> highlight reel because you get beautiful shots like this. Um, there are a lot of great visuals at Think a lot of, of the events your, we go your to. Your wedding montage, right? Yes. That's what I like to use as an example for anybody that has a hard time understanding exactly what it is. Think of if, if anybody's seen their wedding video, right? It's usually that three minutes, yeah. that's all the fun things, people dancing, having a great time, show how awesome your event is. Right. But that can't all be the only thing that you create out of it, right? No, so you should create a highlight reel, but you should not just create a highlight reel. Exactly. It's not, don't create a highlight reel. Don't just create a highlight reel, right. right? There are other things out of there, like what you were talking about before is a great example. It would have been wonderful to have a highlight reel, and they probably are putting together a highlight reel of that conference that we were just at, of all the different things that goes on. But your audience that maybe missed out, all they're gonna say is, man, I missed out. Right. right. Right? How do I get pieces of value from the content that I can then say, oh, I want to engage with that? Outside of, I watched it, that looks like it was a great event. Right, and the highlight reel serves a couple of important purposes. For the people who went to the event and had a great time, it's a way to follow up with them, say thank you, and remind them, hey, this was a great event, we loved having you, thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. Leading up to next year's event, it's a way yeah. to encourage people who maybe didn't come to last year's event to sign up. Look how much fun we had last year. If you come this year, we're gonna have a great time. Those are two uses for that. What it doesn't do, is take the meat of your content and show people the value, the why. Um, here's all the great sessions, here's all the great speakers. Um, it'll get that surface level and you might say, oh wow, they had Phil and Tyler speak. That's really great and that's compelling to me. You I hope so, that would be great <laughs> if people said that, wouldn't it? But, but you don't find out what we spoke about. You don't actually yeah. get the tips, you don't get the tricks, mm -hmm. you don't get the, the examples, mm -hmm. right? So. Start there, um, and there's important uses for it, but it goes well yep. beyond that as well. Yep, so it, it kind of leads us into our next topic that we want to go ahead and dive into, and that's posting it on demand, right? So a lot of times people will film their event. Maybe they'll live stream it, which they should from a hybrid standpoint, because that's more from an accessibility standpoint, I think, that people really want it now. But even if you just filmed it, mm -hmm. by taking it and posting it on demand is a great thing. You want to have people to be able to watch it on demand. It's the Netflix mentality right now, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, well, I can't, may, might not be able to get it on the, the 23rd or the 24th. Well, can I watch it next week when I don't have meetings or I don't, or I have kid coverage and daycare right. or maybe I can watch it later at night when I'm available. Having it available when they want it 
is a huge piece that we need to be thinking about. So posting it on demand is a great thing. Yes, and it's an important thing. And to your point, there will be some members of your audience who didn't get a chance to watch live or didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing live. Mm -hmm. um, and they want to go back and watch you know, your full two-hour event, one-hour event, five-hour yep. event, whatever it is. There's also going to be a huge chunk of your audience. Well, let's go this way. Post it on demand, but don't just don't, post it on demand. Don't just post on demand. And you're seeing a theme here, right? Don't just. Don't just. Don't just. <laughs> that can't be the only thing you do. Take some more steps. So don't just post it on demand. Right. And so there's a segment of the audience that's going to be happy to watch full, full shows. There's going to be an even bigger segment of your audience that's going to say, hey, I think this event looks great. I wasn't there live. And so some of the elements that are important about live are that interaction. You know, I'm not going to get a chance to ask these questions. Mm -hmm. I can't go for networking. I'm not going to get to meet my old friends. So I'm not going to dedicate eight hours to your event on demand. Mm -hmm. I will dedicate 30 minutes because I'm specifically really interested in crypto. So don't just post uh, the full show on demand. Mm -hmm. Think about the ways to get that specific content that's a little more segmented out to people so mm -hmm. that they can look at it and say, not be overwhelmed and say, I need to consume this whole event. There's no way I'm gonna take yep. two hours post-event to do it. But I will give you two minutes. I will maybe give you 30 minutes. Yeah. I'll give you some portion of my time to consume this content and engage with this content in a different way. And it's all about thinking about live um, or in-person you know, versus on-demand, right? Mm -hmm. There's a different mindset for people consuming content when they're in a room or in a virtual room and they say, I've put aside my four hours or my two hours or my half hour, whatever it is, to go watch this event and engage with my peers and ask questions than there is when you're trying to catch them on a Tuesday afternoon with a follow-up email that says, hey, we had this great event. Here's something you, you, know, you should watch it. Yeah. I have, I'm not in the mindset of I'm gonna give you four hours anymore. Yeah. I'm in the mindset of you're catching me between other tasks. Mm -hmm. I might give you two minutes. I might give you 10 minutes. We so often, when we're putting together an event, a hybrid event, we always say, start with the audience. What do they want? What mm -hmm. do they expect? If you signed up for the <laughs> event and said, hmm, I can't see it right now. I'll catch it on demand. I guarantee it that you are not watching the entire show on demand. It just isn't gonna happen. As much as I like to think so, as much as I want to. We had a person actually mention this at the conference that we were presenting yep. at. One of the yep. questions at the very end was, but no one really goes back and watches it. I agree. They shows, don't go back and watch probably. it. But if you followed up with an email and then said, here's the Cliff Notes version of that hour-long presentation boiled down to five minutes, you're probably going to have a lot more success. And if you get into things it. like audience segmentation and you know, this portion of our audience is probably really interested in, I keep going back to crypto. crypto. Okay. Hey, you're a big Bitcoin guy. Oh, right you know me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ahead of the curve. Yep. Fair um, this portion of our audience is really interested in crypto. Well, let's follow up with something specific mm -hmm. and let's start small because that's the easiest way to, to hook somebody. If you start with a four-hour clip, that's a lot harder than, you know, to ask someone to give you yeah. four hours is a lot harder it's than tough. to ask someone to give you 30 seconds. But you start with 30 seconds and they say, wow, that was a really valuable tip. Let me see what else they have to give me. Oh, they have a full session. Let me watch that. Oh, I've watched the full session now. Oh, it turns out they have this whole conference on demand. The internet is a rabbit hole. <laughs> Lead them there. Don't start with the big ask first. It's yes. the same thing if you're talking about annual giving, anything. You don't come out there and say, give me $100,000. Right. Yes, exactly. No, well, let me get you some breadcrumbs. Little let me lead you points. to the water. Yes. Right? And, pro and prove, you have to prove that it's going to be worth their time at a small yep. ask before it's a big ask. And that mm -hmm. small ask might be um, any number of things. It could be a full session, it could be a Cliff Notes highlight reel, mm -hmm. but it's it's really narrowing it down so that people don't have to commit to the full event on demand. That's the uh, takeaway. Here, I, I would think. prefer to watch an hour's worth of five-minute clips yes. over 
watching one-hour one, session. One hour session. It could be the exact same session, and I'm digesting, but it's on my time, my watch, and how I want it. Right, right. and it's it's also a, a mindset of like someone has taken the time to curate this and make sure that everything I'm getting is valuable. Whereas if it's a full session, it's like there's going to be some housekeeping. We're going to be talking about, you know, there might be some questions that weren't actually on track, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if I know someone has gone to the trouble to go back and look at this and make sure that it's actually relevant, then I know it's going to be relevant. One of the things, you know, we, you've seen the don't just <laughs> a few times now, right? So we're not going to try to trick you into saying, oh, yep, create the highlight reel, don't just create the highlight reel. You, you understand that now. So <laughs> the, the big thing that I also want to say is why people love the in-person events. The one thing that we heard is, I can't wait to be back in person so I can meet and collaborate with my attendees. I can't wait to go ahead and be there with them. But don't just talk with them in the hallway, right? Right. That's one of the things that we don't want to just do. What are some of the things that we want to do, Phil? Yeah, so one of the pieces of feedback we hear most is that some of the best conversations at in-person events happen in those hallway conversations. What we've started to see more people do is the example that we've pulled up here, which is create a video booth with thought leaders, an opportunity to set up a place off to the side where you can pull some of your thought leaders capture those hallway conversations in a way where they can be shared with other people. Great insights about your organization, great insights about the content that you're discussing in your event. Um, take those hallway conversations and don't let them be a one-to-one, -one. let them be a one-to-many. Let mm -hmm. And, and it's, there's a lot of value here in a couple of different ways. First of all, there are people who are coming to your event and you're telling them by pulling them aside and taking the time to interview them or let them record some thoughts, we care enough about you that as, as someone in our community, that we're gonna spend extra time with you beyond just chatting with you. It's not lip service, we're recording this and we're gonna do something with you after the fact. Um, in addition to that, once you actually post this content, there's a lot of benefits in that these thought leaders have audiences of their own. You post this content out, they share it out, a whole nother audience that is connected to them online is gonna see this content and engage with it and it also is branded by your event, by your organization, by your company, you get to have the benefit of saying, hey, look at our company. We're associated with these smart people. Um, it's not just us talking at you. There's all these great people who are aligned with us, who are at our events, and who believe in our mission, and you're going to hear from them when you work with us, and you're going to get their insights in addition to just what we have to say. So there's a whole range of benefits of doing this from individual one-on-one -on -one stewardship of the people that are important all the way to kind of building um, trust in your brand. And they're all important in different ways. There's two questions that you have to ask. You can go in depth and you can pre-plan, but they're really just kind of two kind of leads into three questions that you have to ask. One, what do you think of this event and why should I attend? Right, that's the first one. Like, what do you think of this event? Because that's your case study that you can use in your highlight reel for promotion for next year, right? The next one is, what is the main topic that you're focused on and why is it so important to you? Because then, guess what? You have another video that you can go ahead and leverage. So if you interview five people and you have every single one of them answering those two questions, you have a wonderful highlight reel and testimonial video that's going to be used for next year's promotion of the mm -hmm. conference. And then you also have another video, probably five individual videos that are 30 seconds long each that you can go ahead and post up on social of your thought leaders, which are your attendees, talking about what is the most important part um, that they're focused on in your specific industry. It can be food, it can be wastewater, it can be planned giving, it can be a number of different things, but it's them giving their opinions because guess what? That person that you asked is going to share that video before they share the video that's the testimonial. But you know what? 
you want them to go ahead and share something. So why not make them look like the stars of the show that they can go ahead and, hey, I was interviewed about what my thoughts are on XYZ topic. Right. Go ahead and make them the star of the show. That's 100% yep. the right way to put it. And I think we often see when we work on these video booths, there's common themes that come out as well, right? You talk to 10 people at a conference about fundraising, and there's going to be themes that come out about trends, right? So you can actually also not just have individual videos, but these little kind of feature videos kind of make themselves along the way. And sometimes you plan it and you say, we know we want to talk about these topics, but sometimes it happens on its own. Wow, these five people who are all really smart and really plugged in all talked about this specific topic. We're going to put together a video that combines all of their thoughts about this topic. And we're going to look like we're really ahead yeah. of the curve. Us as the event, we're right. the really smart people when really we're just leveraging our audience, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. We're tapping into their knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's it serves a whole bunch of purposes, like I said, all the way from one-to-one -one stewardship to the people you're interviewing, all the way to building brand trust. There's a lot of yep. benefits to the video booth. And not to, to cut you off, it's, it's also relatively straightforward to do. That's the other important thing. You it's mentioned so easy. the phone. It that's really not how is. we do it when we come in. We set up a little bit more mm -hmm. in-depth than that with cameras and lights and microphones to make sure it looks and sounds great. Mm -hmm. But from in the grand scheme of like event production and coverage, that video booth is a pretty straightforward thing to do. There's going to be a couple of cameras. There's going to be someone asking some questions. Somebody steps in and gives you five to ten minutes. That's the ask of the people, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a really small ask of the people attending the event as well. Do you have five minutes? Yep. Come, okay, come talk to us minutes. for five minutes. You're, do, you're having those conversations anyways in the Let's hallway. Let's do it on camera. Can we do with this? How many times? Hey, stop right there. Can I get this on camera? Right. Right. Let's go over here into this corner and let's go where it's a little quieter. 100%. Right. Like yep. those conversations are happening. And sometimes the authentic ones that you catch in the hallway are the best sounding ones because it truly is in the moment, right? It's in the, the heat of the conversation that you want to catch the, the most authentic answers. So those are great. We talk about questions and answers. Mm -hmm. It kind of leads us to our next point, right? It's like we did this on purpose, <laughs> kind of. But it's using Q&A to your advantage. And what do we mean by this? Well, I will say one thing's for sure. Q&A at the end of sessions is probably the most underutilized mm -hmm. piece of content at every single event that we see. Yeah, it's crazy. What better insight into what your audience cares about than the questions, than the questions that, they, that they were asking? The questions <laughs> that they raise their hand and ask. I mean, there's no better way to gauge what the people who you're trying to reach care about than at the and we we have light bulb moments sometimes. I talk about that conference we presented at. When we finish up and there's six questions about specific topics, we're like, oh wow, this is what this is what matters to those people. Let's make sure we focus on that next time. So you're right, it is underutilized, and a lot of times it's like kind of a throwaway. Absolutely not. There's a ton of value here in a lot of different ways. Yeah, so there's a few different things that you can go ahead and do. One, what I always like to say is take those questions, make sure someone's writing those down, right, as the individual questions, because you can do, one, write a blog post about it. The easiest way to come up with blog post topics are what are the questions that are being asked and answer it in blog form, right? Very simple. The second part that I always like to focus on is in case you don't want to do it in blog form, come back to your office, Open up your laptop that you have right in front of you all throughout the entire day and hit the record button, right? Go on Zoom, do a screen capture, just hit the record button and say, hey, this was a question that I received at the conference that we spoke at. And I really wanted to address that more thoughtfully than what I did on site. So here it is. Then guess what? Post it up. You can send it directly to the person that asked the question, but you can also send it to your audience after the fact. Hey, folks. We had several great questions popped up and sending this in by way of email. We had several questions that actually popped up while we were 
on site at this event. Here is one of the ones that so many people seem to be really, really hot and bothered by, right? We wanted to make sure that we answered that directly for you. Here's our response. Right? Right. It's a very, and it's a quick, you're answering, you're talking with them, you're talking mm -hmm. among them, you're answering their questions. Yeah, and I think if we were the ones organizing you know, a conference or a trade show, the way that we would approach it and the way that I would recommend that our clients approach it is, you talk about consolidating those questions, writing them down, what are the common themes, what are the things that come up, and then you host a show like this after the fact with your people. And ideally, you're making it all come full circle because you also have some clips that you've pulled yeah. out from the speakers at the event, and it's a mix of people at your organization saying, you know, question one that came up five times across the course of our event was X, Y, and Z. We address it a little bit, throw to a clip of someone from your, from your event addressing it, but you have a longer form conversation about all of these questions, mm -hmm. and you get to revisit them and really dive into them in a little more detail and provide more context than you can on the spot in an event. And by the way, bring it to everybody again who didn't get a chance to raise their hand and ask that question in the moment. Yep. So, Follow it up and do it as a more of a deep dive into the topics because you've learned now what people care about. So now you can plan for it and actually talk to them in a way that is going to address their One questions. One of the things that we saw, we were a part of several years ago. Um, it was almost like an event of an event, but it was office hours, mm -hmm. right? Where it was allowing, so well, maybe you weren't didn't have enough time to ask your questions because usually you know the speaker goes long and there's only five minutes before the next session starts up, so those questions aren't there. They have, you know, why not say, well, we're going to have our keynote speaker available for an office hours where, right. you know, for 30 minutes, 60 minutes, they are open a month after the event, two weeks after the event. Say, yep. Good, ask your questions mm -hmm. now, right? Now you have a follow-up. You're making your event, you're making the discussion live on outside of just the four walls of the event venue, right? Yep, absolutely. And I think there's another thing that comes into play with Q&A that is a post-event follow-up um, concept. Slido is a tool that we use a lot. There's other tools as well where people enter their name, and it's true with event platforms like Hopin yep. and Feedloop and all these platforms as well. When someone asks a question, you know who that person was, right? You know Tyler from Five Tool Productions who works in video production wanted to know about X, Y, and Z. You have information about your audience that you didn't have before. Tyler has told you as a company or an event or whatever it is that Tyler is interested in this specific thing. If you offer a service that's related to that, you need to use that as an opportunity to follow up. You have content from your event to follow up with Tyler. You know Tyler's interested in crypto. I keep coming back to crypto. <laughs> you know Tyler's interested in this specific topic. Follow up with Tyler and everyone else who's interested in that topic. Provide them some value and say, can we talk more about this? This is actually a service that we offer. Let's, let's continue to have this conversation. You know, you, you raised your hand and told us it was important. Let's find a way to make sure that we can provide the service for you that's going to address your needs. And that's why it's important. Like You brought up Slido, and I'm so happy that you did. It's important to use it not just for the remote virtual audience, but to in use person. it in person mm -hmm. as well because you can, in fact, capture names. Well, I know everybody, I mean, it's probably one of the worst parts of any conference is when someone has a question, they stand up and they just scream it out there. Nobody in the audience can actually hear it. The person, could you say it again? Yeah. We always tell the person on stage, can I actually, can you repeat that? Yeah. All right, I'll repeat the question for you. The question was this, right? It always just sounds awkward. It might not be the exact question that they asked. And then you don't have that data capture of it, of exactly who that person is. But if you tell everybody in the audience ahead of time, hey, ask your questions, open up your phone, log on to this website, which everybody has their phone with them at that point mm -hmm. in time, and they have Slido up. I used it as an event as a speaker a couple of years ago, and I thought it was 
arguably one of the best experiences of I, I've had when it came to Q&A, and that was just the in-room. They weren't even streaming the event. Right. It was just the folks in-house that were asking the questions. I saw them pop up. I could answer this. I knew the person's name. I could follow that's... up with them after the fact as well. It just goes a long way, and that's the point that we want to make. There's technology out there that's cheap, a very mm -hmm. light lift. Leverage it. Don't just say, we're going to have our AV person run around like a crazy man with a microphone. Because then you don't get quite as many questions, right? And you're going to be in the event and someone's going to ask a great question and you're going to say, oh my goodness, that was an... Who was that? No, was one's that? no one's going to know. And a no couple days later, know. what was that question they asked, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just what happens. All right, that's enough about Q&A. Let's talk pictures. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things we They're see... They're worth a thousand words. Uh, mm, they, they most certainly are. <laughs> but with that, I don't know why I'm doing voices today. We're having some fun with it. But when we talk about pictures, one of the things I see a lot of times out of events is that, say, bring a photographer on, takes a picture, it's great, upload the whole entire album of the picture and let people just sort through on their own. Yep. That's great. But there's a lot more that you can use with pictures, right? This is another one of those don't, you know, do that, but don't just do that, right? Yes, post that full album. I know there have been events that I go to where I click through that album. Largely what I'm doing is saying, am I in any of these yeah. pictures? Who? Well, there's the back of my head, right? right? right. <laughs> but so post that. That's great. And people engage with it. Oh my God, that's so funny. My coworker, how, how fun to see this great picture of them, all that good stuff. But don't just do that. Use those in other ways and Big, the biggest thing here is help it feed your marketing machine, right? And that's the thing. These, you have these great, high-quality, professional photographs. Don't, don't let it stop there. Use it to feed your marketing machine in other ways, right? Yep, absolutely. And I think one of the great groups that really does that well is Spartan Race. Right? I don't know if you've ever heard of Spartan Race. They're the obstacle course people that like mud runs and things like that. Spartan Race does a great job. Well, they'll upload you know, the event from Boston, right? They'll upload the events that took place up in northern Maine, right? But then in the weeks that will follow, they'll keep trickling things out one at a time. You know, a quote graphic from somebody that happens to be, that race was awesome. I loved running at Fenway because of this, right? And it's, it helps keep people engaged. That person, of course, you post an individual picture of me, I'm absolutely sharing that after right. the fact, right? Yeah. So tagging, be mindful. Tagging the companies tagging that were people. there, interesting captions, and it's not just to the same point as the highlight reel, it's not just, look at this picture. Yeah. It's going a little bit of a step further, adding a little bit of extra context and value as well. This person spoke at our event, they shared these great tips, you're tagging that person, they're sharing it, you're getting a little bit of follow-on. Quote and graphics are awesome. Quote graphics are Use fantastic them. too. Use them, and yep. you know, you're taking pictures anyways, and it doesn't even have to be a massive photography, it could be just even mm -hmm. the photos that were taken from your staff with their cell phone. 100%. Right, so go ahead and do that. The, the last piece we always wanna say, you know, after the event, you know, attendees are great, but they're not the only thing that brings in the money. Mm -hmm. Sponsors, do not forget about your sponsors. What can we do with our sponsors after an event? There's a lot you can do with or sponsors. Even during an event you well. can, yeah. So during your event, you know, I, I think about the trade show example first, um, or even the conference we were, we were at where there are exhibitors. Right? There's people who have said, "I think your audience is valuable enough that I'm going to pay you in order to have a booth there where people can come talk to me." When we go to trade shows, one of the most common and kind of easy easy wins with this is a booth tour, right? And all that really means, it doesn't actually have to be, you know, MTV Cribs of the booth, you yeah. know. It's, hey, look at how much money I spent on, <laughs> on this trade this show booth. Build it's out, exactly. Who's in the booth? They have a, they have information that they, same as the Q&A, they know 10 people have come to me during this event and asked me these questions. Talk to them about that and capture that for the 100 people that didn't get to come through their booth, right? Do a booth tour with the person running running your sponsor booth. Ask them questions. Let them share their message. And then post-event, you get to share that out 
You get to reach the people. You're providing a lot of extra value for your sponsors and making them feel a little bit of that love. And ideally, also get to connect with people who might buy from them. Right? You're serving your you're serving your attendees in a non um, non invasive way too. In this way, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes attendees don't want to go and talk to a million sponsors. There's some pressure there. They don't have time to do it. They'd rather do other things. When you're posting it as on-demand content and you're sharing this, it's again, it's that, you know, the Netflix mentality. On my time, I can decide, I want to learn more about this sponsor. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see a specific person there. Now I'm the one taking the action. I can reach out to the sponsor. It's kind of that reverse, putting the power back in the hands of the of your attendees and your consumer, but also giving your sponsors an additional chance to reach those attendees, it's a win-win for everybody. And it's a way that after the event, the sponsors aren't like, what the heck did I just spend my money on? Like, yep. oh wow, they're still working to How make this How do I valuable. continue this conversation, right? And the, remember when I mentioned those two questions before? You can ask those exact same questions for the sponsors. Why did you sponsor the event and is it, why is it important for you to be here? Yeah, it's important. Guess what? That's a testimonial, so you can get more sponsors in the years to come. And then, what's so important about the most? Um, what's the most important topic in the industry right now? What are your thoughts on them? Because well, the mistake that I feel like people actually often do with sponsors is say, "Explain to me what you do. Tell me what you do." And every single one of them at a video production conference would say, "I'm a full-service video production company. We specialize <laughs> in um, creating content at scale, and we're incredibly small but nimble." Right? right? Like they'll say the same thing over and over again. But if you say, "What's the most important thing about creating content right now that people need to focus on?" It then creates your sponsors and it puts them in the light of thought a thought leader. Yep. They are not just a sponsor that say, "Here's a quick 30-second elevator pitch." No, I mean you can have that. It's fine, but your audience isn't going to care necessarily about the elevator pitch. They don't want to be pitched anymore. They want to know value. What is XYZ company saying about this specific topic? Yep then that's going to make their mind up. Again, put yourself in the end user's position, not necessarily, well, I want to make sure that I allow them to just get on a microphone for 20 minutes and make them feel good about themselves because they said, oh, here's all the great things we do. That's not what it's for. Your audience is going to see through that. And, and your sponsors are going to see through it when that doesn't do anything for them also, yep. by the way. Exactly. Whereas if you create value with them, even, even if the value ends up being that next time someone they have a sales call with someone, and that person who they're speaking with says, oh, I saw that great video that you did from, from that mm -hmm. conference. That's still value, and that's, you know, it's not, it's not a pitch, but it's, oh, wow, you're smart. And when I talk to you, I know you a little bit, and I trust you a little bit more because you had good information and good value yep. for me. Great example right now. Real life example. Go, go to a computer conference, and you go and say, I'm going to go talk to Dell because I have a Dell laptop directly in front of me right now. It's true. And uh, yeah, I'm not lying about this. You can see it. See, there's this Dell right there. This is not sponsored by Dell. Uh, this is not sponsored by Dell. But say Do Dell was a sponsor. Man, that would be a good get though, wouldn't it? <laughs> say Dell was the sponsor. And we walked up to them and said, okay, tell us why you're the best computing company in the world. That's going to be a boring video. A but if you said, right. hey, What's so important about cloud computing? What are you doing in that space right now? Right. And they gave a thoughtful answer. That is incredibly valuable for your audience, right? right. Yeah. What are the so. challenges that people experience in X, Y, and Z? You know, it's it's not it's thinking a little bit differently about what are the again, it just always goes back to the audience. What does the audience actually want? It's the same thing with full sessions as it is with videos about sponsors. What does your audience want? Not what do you want, what does your audience want? And that's really just Seems simple, but it's important to keep it in mind. Yep. All right, so he is Phil, I'm Tyler. We're from Five Tool Productions. Thank you so much for tuning in. I guess we'll see you next time.